Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Sexy with Steph. And today, I really want to start off with a trigger warning, because today we're going to be talking about dissociation and how it relates in sexual trauma and sexual abuse survivors. So if you do not feel grounded or prepared to listen to this episode, if it's going to really trigger you, please just go ahead and turn it off. Here's your permission slip. You do not have to listen. It's okay. I'm okay if you don't listen to today's episode. And I'm also okay if you just hit pause and say, you know what, right now maybe isn't the right time for me. I'm going to do this later when I have a cup of tea or I'm in the bathtub or I have a warm blanket or somewhere where I feel a little bit more external safety and grounded and resourced. So go ahead, do whatever you need to do to get yourself comfortable and let's get started. So dissociation is something that I see in many of my sexual trauma survivors. It's something that I've personally worked with. So I'm very intimate with dissociation on quite a few different levels. So I thought I'd start with talking about um, kind of high level, what dissociation is and the different ways that it can look in different people. Because sometimes you, you hear the word dissociation and it's like, well, what does that really mean? Or this person's version of dissociation doesn't really match mine. So I don't really know if I'm dissociating or not. So I just am going to give a very high level. And I really trust that you will take what feels right for you. And if you have any questions or anything after the show, you can always find me on social media and reach out. And I will also try to link in some references at the bottom of the podcast. So dissociation at a very high level is basically checking out of your body. It's when you feel like you're crawling out of your skin or you're moving away from something that feels overwhelming or there's a discomfort or there's a sensation or emotion that feels overwhelming or uncomfortable. So that's a very high level of what dissociation is. And it's something that's very, very common during sexual trauma. And I really want to normalize this because so many people feel that something's wrong with them because they have experienced association during, during the trauma, after the trauma, or they're experiencing it with their sexual partners now, or they're just experiencing it in their own personal practices, or it just kind of comes and goes in their life. So I really want to normalize that this is a very normal trauma response, right? So what this can look like, what dissociation can look like are a few different things. The first, it can be you holding your breath. So that's the first thing that you can usually pay attention to is if you feel like, am I going into a dissociative state? Oftentimes you'll be holding your breath. The second thing that dissociation can look like is tensing up your muscles. And so having tense muscles will constrict the blood flow, which is going to numb out any sensations. So this is where you start to experience, I can't feel my legs, can't move my arms, I can't get up. And this is often what causes a freeze trauma response during the sexual trauma. And simultaneously, you also have adrenaline coursing through your body, which is also going to either, you know, present the fight or flight, or the adrenaline is going to aid in numbing out 
any sensations or numbing out parts of the body from feeling. So there's also dissociation from feelings and emotions around the trauma. So you may vividly remember what happened and you don't remember how it feels. You don't have any sense of how it's affected your life. You are completely cut off from anything emotional and any sort of feelings. Dissociation also looks like spacing out for short periods of time where you just don't even know where the time has gone. You don't know where you've been. You feel like you've been in la la land. That's another thing that dissociation can look like. Dissociation can also look like completely blocking out a memory. So this sometimes you hear as repressed memories. um, And oftentimes when they come back, it can either be all at once or it can be in pieces. And oftentimes with a lot of people that I work with, when they have dissociation and blocked memories that start coming back, they often tell me, I feel like I'm going crazy because they don't remember everything, but they remember, they start to remember how it feel like felt. They remember a smell. They remember one part or, um, almost like little pictures start to come together. And this is a very normal trauma response to completely repress and block out a memory. So I want to normalize that. And I also want to normalize that it can come back in pieces and it may not ever all the way come back, but you're not going crazy. If your body is telling you that something happened, more likely than not, something happened and it's worth going and talking to somebody and starting to work through the different sensations, the different emotions, the different images that are coming up. And finally, a form of dissociation that I think I have seen in every single trauma survivor that I've ever worked with is minimizing the sexual assault. And this is done you know, it wasn't that bad. It's not really affecting my life. This person had it worse. You know, it, it just, it wasn't like full on rape. So it's really not too bad, but oftentimes we use this dissociation strategy so that we can distance ourselves from the harm that was done to us. We can distance ourselves from the emotions. We can disassociate from the impact that the trauma had in our life. And so if any of that resonated with you, one thing that you can do to begin working with your dissociation, because dissociation doesn't have to be something that you experience your entire life. You can work with dissociation and you can start to feel more present in your body, especially at the times and points that you feel that you dissociate the most, which typically happens during sex. And this can be partnered sex and this can be solo sex. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to begin noticing your dissociation, which might be very difficult in the beginning, depending on the severity of your dissociation. And if you even realize that you do it. So I guess realizing that you have dissociative tendencies is the first step. The second step is to begin to notice them. So what does that look like when you check out? Where do you go? What are you thinking? What type of things are you saying to yourself? What do you see? Are you just completely in a blacked out state? Are you fixating on one point in the room and one point on the ceiling? What does dissociation look like when you check out, when you leave your body? The second thing is noticing how dissociation affects your body. 
So begin noticing how it affects your breath. As soon as you notice your breath, you're going to probably notice that you're holding it. And that's when, you know, you can start working with it, which I'll get to in just a moment, but just notice that you typically will hold your breath. When you start to dissociate, you can start to notice your extremities. So I always have people start with their arms and their legs. Do you notice your arms? Can you feel sensations in your arm? Can you feel sensations in your legs? Can you move any of these parts of your body? And then I have them go to their back. Can you feel any tingling sensations in your back? Can you move your back? Is your back able to bend and to move? And from there, go into a body scan. You know, what sensations am I feeling anywhere in my body? Can I feel anything in my body? And the answer might be no. And you may not even notice because you checked out so fast. You may start to feel tons of sensations. It might feel like you all of a sudden are, you know, you've been in ice cube and now all of a sudden you're melting and you can feel the melting away. And that shows up as tingling sensations. It shows up actually as physical coldness. It can be heat. There's a lot of different sensations that can start to come into your body as you begin working with dissociation. And so then the third thing is notice what triggered you. So what caused, what caused your dissociation? And you may not even be able to pinpoint it at first. And that's totally normal. Sometimes it's just like, whoa, I dissociated and I have no idea what just caused this. And the more aware you are of what it's like when you're checking out and what's going on in your body. And then what happened just moments before. So if you don't know what caused it, start to look at what happened before. And if you don't remember what happened right before, you can even go back to like 10 minutes before an hour before, like what was going on? Was everything okay? Did this, was this a buildup? Was this a sudden thing? Is there a pattern? And you can even start to keep a journal at different times when you feel triggered and just start to notice if there's any patterns there. So even if you don't have an answer at first, you can always begin to learn and to notice more about your dissociation. So those are really the first three steps is what is it like in your body or what does it look like when you check out what's going on in your body? And then what was the trigger? So with dissociation, noticing that you're checking out and catching these things is really only half of the battle. So once you are aware of your own signals, particularly the sensations or the emotions, or even the thoughts that are happening around you, there's five different tools that I want to give you that you can start to incorporate that can help bring you back into the present moment. And so the first tool is deep breathing into your belly, into your low belly to be specific. So as soon as you start to catch that you're dissociating or that you're leaving your body, place your hands over your low belly and just begin to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and physically holding your low belly while you do that and breathe in as deeply as you can, very slowly, and just give all of your presence into your breath. 
The second thing that you can do is start to have some movement. So before your body begins to freeze and to go into that numbness or that tingliness, start to get some movement. So even if it's, you know, during sex and you're with a partner or you're with yourself and you're right in the middle of it and you, you know, stop what you're doing, take a few deep breaths and get up and see if you can move around. See if you can move your legs, see if you can move your arms and move your back. These are the three areas that I recommend moving first is to try to move your legs. You can walk, you can jump, move your arms so you can shake them, you can move them, whatever you need to do, and then undulate your back, back and forth, back and forth. The third tool is to orient to the room around you. So begin to notice if you're in a safe place, and we're just going to go under the assumption that you are in a safe place. So notice the person that you're with, that they are a safe person. Notice the room around you physically that you are safe and just orient to the fact that physically right now, right here in this particular space, you are safe. And you can even speak these words out loud to yourself. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. And as you orient around, it often helps to just look for different colors. You know, you can start to integrate in some of the senses. Um, I don't like to overcomplicate it, but just look for some different colors or see what you can hear, or maybe even grab something that has like a really luscious feel or cotton, anything actually. Um, See if you can, if you can touch something. So you're tapping into your senses. The fourth tool is tuning into your emotions. So emotions show up first in our body as sensations. So this is why in the previous noticing dissociation, it's so important to get in tune with your bodily sensations because these will show up as emotions. So look to see what emotions you are feeling in that moment. Maybe grief is coming over you. Maybe sadness, maybe there's anger or maybe there's fear. Notice what emotions are there and try to notice the sensations that are accompanying them. Lastly, notice what you're thinking. So notice if the messages that you're telling yourself are nurturing and soothing, or if they're very disempowering in this moment, because if you're feeling anger or hurt or fear, sometimes it can be a lot easier to jump onto the train of I can't believe this is fucking happening again. I'm so angry with myself. I hate this about me versus holding yourself in love saying, I love you. You are safe. I've got you. It's okay. I can hold you as long as you need. I'm here. And just really hold yourself in that comfort, hold yourself in that love, in that presence that you would give, say a little child who was, who was terrified. Or that love that you would give, you know, a little puppy that was stranded. What would you say? You would say you're safe, you're loved. So start talking to yourself as you need this. You need to feel safe. You need to feel loved. You need to feel nurtured in this moment. So notice what you're thinking. And if your thoughts tend to go towards more cruelty towards yourself, see if you can start to rewire and say just the simple phrase, you are loved. I've got you. You're safe. So these are the tools that uh, really can help with dissociation. And just to repeat all of them, it's breath, deep belly breathing, movement, 
getting up, moving your legs and your arms first, and then moving your back, orienting around to the room that you're in, orienting to safety, orienting to your senses, noticing your emotions and noticing the accompanying sensations in your body. And lastly, notice what you're thinking and see if you can talk kinder to yourself. That's all I got for you today on dissociation. And it's a really good launching off space. Go ahead and listen to this again, if you like, and take notes and see if you can incorporate any of these tips and tools into your toolbox, into your tool belt, and then also share them with your partner. If you have a tendency to dissociate or you have a partner who dissociates, listen to this together, take notes and see how you can work as a team to, to, keep that safety, to keep you present in your body, to help your partner to stay present. So you now have tools that you can use. If you notice that your partner's starting to dissociate, you have tools that you can help guide them because you might be able to catch it. Your partner might be able to catch your dissociation before you. So if you have this conversation, you, your partner's able to have the tools and you're able to have the tools and working together, you can start to keep present and remain present in your body, in your triggers, in times of overwhelm, in times of discomfort, even if these discomforting feelings and emotions come up in your body or in your mind, you will be able to have power to bring yourself back into the presence. And I just want to attest as somebody who has lived with dissociation, I used to be the queen of dissociation, not only in sex, but just in my body in general, I was completely disembodied because it felt so much safer. It was so much safer to not listen to my body or to check out during different types of activities during sex. It just felt safer. And once I recognized this, it took a lot of somatic work. It took time. Dissociation is not something that you can wave a magic fucking wand or cure with one plant ceremony or take a pill or do one cathartic breath work. Like, no, it's not going to. They're all fabulous tools and you should definitely look into whatever modalities resonate with you. But dissociation takes quite a bit of time and give yourself that time because it's worth it. It's worth it to become present in your body again. You deserve to have that deep sense of integrated embodied safety of unconditional love and deep presence with yourself during your day, during sex, during everything. Like that is your birthright to live in your full presence. So do some of these tools, do the work and have so much compassion and grace. You're healing your trauma. And you're not only just healing your trauma, you're healing your trauma in the place that you were attacked. Sexual trauma is an attack on your body. And now you're going back into the battleground. You're going deep within. When we talk about feeling into sensations, like you're, we're talking about some deep fucking shit there. Like it's not as simplified as it, as it, as it sounds. Like when you tell, say, feel the sensations in your body, it's like, you're going back to the battleground of the place where you were attacked and you want to feel that, but feeling it in very small doses in safe settings with safe facilitators or a safe partner is how you begin to heal. So the very last thing I'm going to say is if you have dissociative tendencies, please seek out somebody qualified. 
being trauma, everybody's fucking trauma informed these days. You're going to see it on every single Instagram file. You're going to see it on everybody's profile, but working with dissociation takes very special nuances that most people who have just taken a weekend course or have, you know, done a little bit of work, or they once like read a book on sexual trauma, they don't have the tools needed to work with dissociation. Dissociation is something that is very nuanced and find yourself somebody who actually has the skills. And also know that you might have to talk with a few people to find somebody who has the skills and that you resonate with. So it might take a little bit of time, but it's also worth it, like I said, to invest in a good facilitator, somebody who can help you to learn these things and integrate this breathing, these sensations and feeling into your body in a way that you feel present and a way that you feel safe. Ooh. Actually, since <laughs> it's my podcast, we're not going to end it right there. We are going to take a few deep breaths together and just kind of move our body for a moment. Like allow yourself to just kind of shake that off. Let's shake. That was some heavy shit that we were talking about. So go ahead and yeah, just shake your body a little bit, shake your hands, shake your legs, move your body, and then go ahead and just place your hands over your low belly. And let's take three deep breaths to reground ourselves. So go ahead. If it feels safe for you, you can close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose. And with a relaxed jaw, exhale out your mouth. Do this again two times on your own. And then go ahead if your eyes are closed and open them and go ahead and look around. Notice any colors, notice anything that sparks some pleasure and joy in you. And if you just listened to this entire podcast, I really invite you to take what you've learned and now set it aside for a moment and go and do something that's pleasurable. Go orient yourself to pleasure. So this could be making a really delicious cup of tea. It could be going and playing with your kids. It might be going outside and just lying in the grass. It might be a bath, a shower, go put on like a sexy dress. If you like, whatever it is, go do something that will orient you into pleasure. And I will catch you next week on another episode of getting sexy with Steph. And as always, I'm going to invite you to share this, to like it, to leave um, comments, whatever, share it with somebody who, you know, would benefit from this or who has a partner who could help benefit from this. And yeah, I would really appreciate it. Anyways, love you guys. Mwah. <laughs>